Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the Digital Sue Podcast. Uh, I'm Samantha Davis, and yes, I know I've been away for a long time. Uh, I did mean to post this much earlier, uh, before the holidays started, but my job had other plans. Uh, we have been doing a ton of stuff, and honestly, I just let it all bleed into my days off. And, uh... I decided also, very stupidly, that this year I was going to hand-make all my Christmas presents for family. Well, combined with all the holiday stress and me finally getting most of my flexibility back in my wrist after my operation, I was a little busy. Um, but I am very grateful to everyone who has tuned in, all 12 of you. I'm not exaggerating. There's 12 of you. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Even if you don't like this podcast, I still like that you're here listening. You can hate listen to me. I don't care. Uh, well, I did procrastinate again. I've been procrastinating for two weeks, really. Uh, <laughs> but I am currently folding laundry and... I just got all these new cookbooks for from Black Friday. Uh, whew, I got like, I spent like $50 and I got three really nice cookbooks. Only one was slightly disappointing, but not in like a bad way. Like it still had pretty good recipes, just nothing new that I hadn't seen before. Not going to put it on blast because obviously someone put a lot of work and care into it, but I don't know. It just was like kind of meh about it. But every, all the other ones, I would just fell in love with. And oh, speaking of cookbooks, I didn't get this one on Black Friday. I got it the second it went on sale. I had it on pre-order forever on Amazon. Uh, all About Cake from Christina Tozzi. I have her two other cookbooks, Momofuku Milk Bar and Milk Bar Life. I love the way she writes recipes because she makes it accessible uh, to home cooks and she writes it in terms that a chef will find familiar and I really like that because she uses unexpected ingredients but it's not like you're gonna have to hunt you can she just says you know what just just check Amazon Amazon has it and I really respect that I did make a uh, key lime pie cake today actually from all about cake uh, my dad's favorite dessert is key lime pie, so I decided to make it in cake form. I was thinking about it forever, and I felt so cool because I had the same idea as a freaking amazing chef, Christina Tosi. And <laughs> I hadn't attempted it yet, so, you know, kudos to her for doing it first. Uh, but I thought that was just really cool that I, you know, had a like, you know, ding idea that's similar to hers. Um, I really liked this cake so far. I haven't finished it yet. Um, I baked it in a weird pan though, so it came out terrible. <laughs> Not like it baked bad, but I used a bunt pan, which will be fine, I assume, in most regular bunt pans who have that have like the round 
little caves in them, like little scoops out of the little donut shape. But mine is like this really bougie looking. Uh, I just got it recently, so that's all I want to bake in. I have a really old one from my grandma that is much loved and bakes amazingly. But this one I got from Bed Bath & Beyond with a coupon. And it's like really cool zigzags. It looks really cool and I've baked in it before and it came out fine. But this cake decided to stick in the top part. <laughs> so I ended up making uh, cake truffles. Uh, I had already made a filling for this bundt cake and it was um, a lime curd. And so instead of filling it, uh, I just took the lime curd and I crumbled all the cake into it. And it's currently in my freezer and I'm about, about to dip it in some chocolate. And I got a little upset, but it's fine now. I also baked a cake for a friend's uh, girlfriend's birthday today. I hope she really liked it. Uh, it was red velvet with cream cheese frosting. I loved that as a kid. That was my absolute favorite as a child. I was like, that's the only one I wanted. That and mint chocolate chip uh, cake and ice cream. Like anything mint chocolate chip, I still love. And I still have uh, red velvet cake, but I've gradually moved toward, I like carrot cake more with cream cheese icing than red velvet. I just think it has a better flavor. Uh, that's how you know you're getting old. You like carrot cake. <laughs> Not really. Um, but honestly, oof, the holidays have been beating me up this year. Uh, I don't know. Any cooks listening, you might have the same thought, but every once in a while, I'm still very, you know, new to the industry to most, in most people's eyes. I've only been there a couple of years, uh, almost three, but, uh, I have been like baking and cooking all my life. That doesn't really count in a professional sense, but, um, I don't know. Sometimes I get like this thought, like, why am I even doing this? Man, am, am I ever even going to get better? Because it is such a gradual process to growing and changing in a kitchen that sometimes it feels like you haven't at all. And uh, it just takes you voicing it to someone who has been working with you the whole time and them telling you, like, you've gotten a million times better. Like, you're so much faster. You do all this shit that you don't need to. But I haven't voiced it yet and I'm just internalizing this like hatred this like self-hatred that I I don't know it's just like in those feelings from high school where you like don't look at me like I hate everyone don't look at me oh my god I hate everything and oh I'm terrible at everything and everything's so dramatic and I mean the drama subsides but all those feelings of complete inadequacy and Ugh, terribleness. It really doesn't go away in your 20s. I wish someone had told me that. Where the drama subsides, but the <laughs> terrible feelings stay the same. Um, I don't know. Just a rough, rough year. But, you know, what can you do? Uh, it's going to be over soon anyway, so why worry? <laughs> uh... Well, I did come here to talk about something for the website. I have been working on this one really cool uh, segment for the website, and 
it's called anatomy lesson. So I go through a certain ingredient and I just sort of list like all the ways that I would deal with it or just sort of break down like scientifically what it's about and sort of the best ways to deal with it. And this is my all-time favorite, one of my all-time favorite ingredients. It's the egg. Now, because the egg is one of my absolute favorite ingredients, I decided to title the article Ode to an Egg. One of the reasons why the egg is one of my favorite uh, ingredients to use in the kitchen is because it's so incredibly versatile. It doesn't just add flavor, it's a thickener, it tenderizes and enriches doughs, it extends the life of certain recipes, it just depends how you use it. So as a cook, I feel like it's very important to know the anatomy of your ingredients, which is why I want to do a segment just about how special one ingredient it can be. So uh, the base... Uh, so a chicken egg can be divided into four, yes, four parts, The uh, aside from the multiple membranes, if you want to get scientific about it. So it can be separated into the shell the yolk, the egg white, and the chalazy cords. I'm probably not saying chalazy right, but the way it's spelled, that's how I want to say it, so I'm going to say it. And since it's so fun to say, I guess I'll start with that. So the chalazy cords are two of these cords uh, are in each egg, and they are there to keep the yolk from bouncing all over the place. You know what these look like, I bet, but you probably never knew what they were. There's these uh, white little squiggles that come out when you crack the egg and you think, oh, is that like shell or something? You try to get it out and it's kind of a uh, membrane, kind of like a membrane almost. That's a chalazy cord. It's fine. It doesn't do anything. If you keep it in your meringue, your mer meringue's not going to fall. If you keep it in your omelet, nothing's going to happen to your omelet. I promise. It's just there to keep <laughs> your egg yolk from getting smashed. So the shell is also a good way to keep your egg from getting smashed. This part of the egg is actually very porous and keeps the moisture inside the egg. And I want to do a PSA because I think a lot of American chefs, well, actually probably chefs know this, but home cooks probably don't know this. Um, don't leave your eggs out because uh, most American manufacturing companies, as in 99% of them probably, uh, wash off this protective membrane on the outside of the shell that most Europeans do not wash off, uh, which is why it's okay for Europeans to leave their eggs out overnight so they can be at room temperature, but uh, you probably don't want to use leave your regular eggs out because they will probably spoil. I believe if you do it like if a few hours ahead of your recipe, like leaving your eggs out, it's going to be fine. Uh, you just need to make sure that your eggs are room temperature before you're using it in some recipes. Uh, just if you're in America and you bought your eggs from an American seller, don't leave them out overnight because your shell doesn't protect it as much as it does usually does. Anyway, no matter where you're from, the shell uh, contains calcium carbonate and it can be used to enrich the soil in your garden. Uh, I highly recommend growing your own spices and herbs and whatever you want because have you seen the prices in the grocery stores and they make you buy this whole bunch that just goes bad before you're going to use it again. If you're in an area where you don't think you're going to get enough sunlight, especially if you're in a big city, they do sell 
some really nice sort of sun lamps for your plants so they can definitely get enough sun and air. And I just also want to say there's a misconception about shell color. If it's a brown shell or a white shell, it doesn't mean it's more organic or less organic or have less unnatural chemicals. It's just the color of the shell. I promise it's not going to do anything. If they're trying to make you pay more for a certain shell color, they're scamming you. Sorry. All right. Well, on to the egg white. So this more scientific name uh, for the egg white is the albumin. Uh, it's part of the egg that contains the most protein. So that's why people usually put powdered egg whites in protein shakes or eat egg white omelets. If they're trying to, you know, gain some muscle, lose some fat, they get their protein. Uh, an egg yolk isn't necessarily unhealthy. Uh, it's just you need to talk to a nutritionist if you're trying to do, eat a certain way to lose some weight or gain some muscle. Uh, this isn't a nutrition podcast, I promise. <laughs> just turned into one for a second there. It is pretty interesting, though, but uh, when you are separating eggs, you know that how some of the white is a little thin and some is thicker. That's also a protectant for the yolk because that's where, you know, embryo usually is. And uh, so it's thicker around the yolk and, you know, feel it like when you're separating it with your hands or with the eggshell, which is not as easy as it looks. Please just use your hands when you're separating eggs. It's going to be a little thicker, more gelatinous. You got to use your fingers to sort of pull it off the yolk. It's there to protect it. So most uses for egg whites alone are going to be used as a leavener. So eggs as a leavener are usually the egg whites with their steam and air incorporated into batters or, uh, you know, meringues. So it is used in meringues, pavlovas, cookies, icings, sponges. And in most cookie recipes, it's if you're using egg white, it's going to be something sort of like a twill where you're looking for a crunchier cookie. Um, a twill cookie is equal parts egg white, uh, powdered sugar, flour, and something else. Oh my god. You're going to get me in the comments, I know it. But... I'm going to remember it. I'm going to probably post it on Instagram. If you don't already follow us, follow us on inst on Instagram at Digital Sue. D-I-G-I-T-A-L-S-O-U-S. Ooh, one take. <laughs> I just remembered is butter. Is butter. It, that's the ingredient in Tweel that I was missing. All right. And then on to our last piece of the egg, the yolk. So... This small yellow center of the egg is about half the size of the white, uh, and it contains all the fat. And another thing about egg yolks and egg whites, if you ever come across a recipe that uh, lists the eggs in ounces or um, grams, a little, you know, pointer is an egg white and yolk together is about one and a half ounces. Uh, this is like a large egg, or sometimes extra large eggs can be about close to this amount. Um, the yolks are typically a little larger and extra larger large eggs, but um, the white is usually one ounce and the yolk is usually half an ounce. So white is double the amount. Yolks are going to be used in icings like French buttercream or a nice 
pastry cream or a creme patissier if you're bougie. Uh, it's also used in breads to tenderize and enrich them. Uh, yolk is mostly fat, so it's going to act the same way as adding butter to a brioche is. It's going to tenderize the dough, make it nice and soft and pillowy. And if you're, we're talking about pastry cream or we're talking about using yolks in a pastry cream, we're also going to be talking about anglaise, um, which creme anglaise, which is French for vanilla sauce or, you know, vanilla sauce. And that is the basis for so many amazing things. I have talked about this before, I think, or maybe I've just written about it, but uh, creme anglaise is a great sauce, even if you are not pastry based or even want to know anything about pastry, if you just want to be savory, you should know about uh, creme anglaise. It's a very nice sauce. It takes flavor beautifully. It can become ice cream. It can just be a sauce. It can uh, help you make a mousse. It's really just an amazing base that can turn into just about anything. You can make creme brulee out of it. You can make all sorts of stuff, really. Uh, maybe that's my next podcast. I'll talk about um, pastry creams and anglaises and all their different uses, because actually that would be a pretty long one. So I hope you're ready. Strap in. <laughs> anyway, that's all basically for the egg. Uh, sorry, there's not more to talk about an egg, but not really much more. But before I go, uh, I do want to talk about uh, instead of my usual ending stuff, uh, my favorite time waster of the week, because I definitely could have done this sooner. I just let it get away from me. I've had construction going on in my apartment recently, so it's been pretty crazy by my place. It's over now, but I'm sure I could have found like a quiet little corner after they left, but I didn't. And I just decided to be on the internet. And here's what I've been doing. Uh, so my favorite time wasters have been rewatching Mindhunter. It's this show on Netflix about serial killers. That is one of my great passions is true crime. I love it so much. Uh, not just like, I don't love serial killers. I just find it interesting and I want to know all this cool shit. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, which I know I've mentioned before, my favorite murder, they do it in such a sensitive way, but they do it in a fun way. So you're, you know, scaring yourself shitless while you're alone in your apartment, but you're having fun because they're laughing along with you. But then you can't sleep until you get up and check every single window and door. It's not every episode because they don't do crazy scary stuff every episode, but it can get pretty, pretty dark there. And I have been fiddling around with a coconut cream recipe and in doing so I have rediscovered butter candies. So this is like the grandma candy of all grandma candies. It's full of sugar and butter and salt and it's just terrible for you but oh my god it is so good. Um, but I think I'm going to merge a existing recipe I have for a coconut cream candy with that. It just, butter candies, they just melt in your mouth and that's exactly the texture I've been looking for. And I tested it out on a different flavor and it came out great. So at some point I'm going to do that. <laughs> Not this week because I've been messing with it, but I haven't been testing it. Um, uh, I guess my favorite tool of the week then, it has to be the internet. Um, I will say though, 
be careful on the internet. There's a lot of bloggers out there who will just post whatever the fuck they want and it's insane. And also they have like this huge personal story with absolutely like no one asked for your personal story before I want this banana bread recipe. Do it after. So like your loyal subscribers can watch the story after. Just give me the banana bread recipe, Deborah. Uh, anyway, well, the two websites that I always look to first if I'm thinking of sort of an old style recipe is, well, I'll also check uh, Bon Appetit because I've been, I think I rediscovered them. They do some pretty cool stuff and I like some of their stuff, but you know, don't take everything as gospel if it doesn't seem to work for you. Uh, just sort of take a step back, try to find out what's going wrong and go to some other these other sites I'm about to list. So Bon Appetit, Martha Stewart's site, I swear to God that lady could do anything. She knows her shit. She has great food writers on her team. They'll help you out. They have great um, troubleshooting. And Cooks Illustrated. So Cooks Illustrated is kind of an ins- one of the many inspirations for this website I'm working on. You do pay for a subscription there which is, you know, what gave me the courage to ask for it in the first place, uh, which is going to happen when I have the website. Um, So you pay for a subscription, but you're paying for it because you know every single recipe on their website has been tested so many times by just about every chef they have on staff. It's really great. They have these amazing illustrations of just how something is supposed to look uh, while you're doing a certain step. And I really love it. They, you know, they don't bullshit. They get it as, they get a recipe as perfect as possible so anyone can do it. They're in the business of getting people in the kitchen. And that's the business I'm trying to be in. Oh, that got a little heartfelt for a minute. But seriously, all three of those, great places to visit. And my book of the week is a very new publication and it's not a book necessarily it's a magazine uh but it is by chefs for chefs a friend of mine at work recommended it to me it's called toothache magazine if you follow them on instagram you will see some of the most beautiful pictures and you will have to buy their issues it's fairly new i think they have about three or four issues out already and subscription is not that expensive uh i'm really excited to get my first issue from them because i have uh been all over their website and i've been on their instagram i've been stalking them so that is my book of the week and you know hopefully next week i'll have much more to talk about but i might not be here next week uh you know we're just we're trying (laughs) Uh, But I do have an idea of what I will be doing next week because in my research, uh, because I wanted to know that I wasn't the only person obsessed with the egg, you know, the only cook obsessed with the egg, I found two chefs who had some very interesting ideas. And one is this pastry chef that I'm obsessed with and I have to work with soon. I'm going to move so I can work with this chef. Uh, His name is Dominique Ansel, A-N-S-E-L. Um... Find him on Instagram. Find him on the internet. Google this man. He invented the cronut. He is amazing. So he did a series in one of his restaurants, um, because he is a pastry chef, but he does have a savory kitchen as well. He did a series about uh, 
what you learn as a cook. So they had one dessert and it looked like cake scraps. And this one dessert was called the well. And it was made to look like uh, when you're making pasta or any kind of dough, you sort of make the, you sift the flour onto your work surface in this mound. And then you make a little divot in the center. And that's called the well because you add all your wet ingredients there and you slowly incorporate the flour. And it's all pastry. So it's, um, oh my gosh, it's a... The flour is a granita, and then there's meringue um, in the uh, sort of flour-looking mixture as well. And then the egg is a, I believe it's panna cotta or something. I don't have the picture in front of me. I'm not prepared for this, um, but you have to look it up. He does amazing work. He plays with flavors, and honestly, I'm thinking about taking a three-hour drive up to LA just so I can eat at his restaurant up there. Um, any of you who are by him, so he has restaurants in France, um, Japan, New York, and LA, and I'm sure there's one other place. He has it listed on his Instagram account. Go there, follow him, become obsessed like I am. And uh, one of the sh other chefs that I did notice who had a great love for egg um, was Chef David Chang, which I'm sure most of you know. He's one of the more famous celebrity chefs out there recently. He ha heads the Momofuku uh, restaurant group. And he actually started Momofuku Milk Bar. Uh, like, without him, there wouldn't be one because he hired Christina Tosi to do it. And it's, like, amazing. Oh, it's so cool. I mean... She could have done it without him, but it wouldn't be what it is because they have this great partnership that they talk about all the time. And honestly, it seems so amazing. And I'm waiting for someone to be my partner in crime in, you know, the kitchen world. It seems a lot like everyone has their own partner out in the kitchen world, and I just don't have one yet. I'm waiting. I know you're out there. I'm going to get you. It sounds murdery, but it's not. I'll find you. I know it. Um, but anyway, I think the next episode might be a little mini podcast about this episode he did on an older show he did for a PBS called Mind of a Chef. And the first season is following him on ingredients or techniques that he does in his kitchen all the time that he likes to explain through food. And in this egg re uh, and well, actually, in almost every episode, he goes to a different chef that he knows, and they give their take on that ingredient, and the egg episode was so much fun, because he went in a million different directions, and oh, it was so cool. If you didn't already know, Mind of a Chef was narrated and executive produced by the sadly late, but still a very great chef, Anthony Bourdain, and if you don't know who he is... Google him and you will know who he is because if you are in any way involved in the food world, you're involved with him. You know him because this man was so prolific and he did so much great work for the food community and he pushed himself to the limit and, you know, talking about mental health in the industry is very not um, what I'm qualified to do. But I think it does need to get talked about because there's still a huge stig stigma almost everywhere about mental health. And 
I think a whole episode needs to be devoted to that because that was a great man and I don't want to have be talking about his legacy as like an outro on a podcast. I want to talk about him, like really talk about him because he did actually touch my life even though we've never met. Uh, he touched my life in a million different ways just by being him and sort of exposing me to all these great places uh, that I would never have known about in my little southern home in the middle of fucking nowhere. And he brought in some beautiful food into my home and I'll be forever grateful for everything he's done. Um, sorry to end on kind of a sad note. He did die uh, a while ago, but it's still still really fresh. I mean, I didn't know him, but I felt like I did almost. I've read so many of his books and I've watched so many of his shows and I don't know, he's a huge inspiration to me, but I used to think that, he, well, Bourdain has said uh, on a, a few of his books that he was never a fan of dessert, and I was always thinking how I could maybe convert him. It's kind of silly. I mean, I don't know much, but I did always want to meet him because of what he did for me. Um, sorry to get kind of a downer there. Uh, he was a great man, and honestly, if you Google him and go into a deep dive, you'll find am some amazing work that he did for the industry, and, you know, he had a great attitude about it, honestly. Um, that's the reason I started this podcast, the reason I really got into food and wanted to do food writing. Um... You know where to find me. Uh, we're on Instagram at Digital Sue, and you can email me your questions uh, at digitalsue at gmail.com. Have a good night or good morning, whatever you want. Mm -hmm.